Welcome, everyone, to the Mile High Champions League Weekly Podcast. I am your host, The Commish, and with me, as always, is a man who considers the peak of cinema. Dude, where's my car? Or, Noel, is it, hey, dude, where's my car? It is, hey, dude, where's my car, Mike? You should get it right, because it is quite the quintessential American film, if you will. Thank you. My my sincere apologies, Noel. I did not mean to offend your sensibilities and cinematic tastes. Uh, Tonight's episode is sponsored by Duff Beer. Can't get enough of that wonderful Duff. Now, let's talk a little fantasy football. It's been, what, 20 years since we've had uh, football last, it seems like? 18 marches, yes. 18 marches ago, back when I had teeth and hair and other things that make me sound less old... Well, then that was a wonderful time. But here we are, folks, in 2020. And I think, uh, Noel and I were just discussing prior to this podcast, we are going to do the 2020 podcast the way that 2020 has unfolded, which is to say we are going to wing it and say fuck it. So it's going to be less professional than we usually have been, but maybe more fun. So we'll see. Hopefully more fun and just a lot more ridiculous. So, Noel, let's uh, let's just dive in. We really have a light show today because we're just doing a preview as this is the first uh, podcast before the actual season starts. So before we really dive into that, sir, how are you? What's going on? Oh, you know, I've just been a uh, knock on wood. I've been busy, busy, busy at work. So that's been, you know, a good escape for me, I guess you could say. And as we're like, I don't know if you're still working from home or not, but I never was. I always got to go into the office, so that was, a, I think, a nice break that I got that a lot of people didn't. So I think, all in all, I'm quite well. How about yourself? Well, I'm very glad to hear that, and in fact, I'm sure everyone else is. Being um, one of the – it's just you and Kenfield now that are our out-of-state champions – we, we think about you and we're curious because we don't get to hang out as much as we'd like. So it's nice to hear that you're doing well. I'm doing fine. I actually did get a little uh, time at home, March, April, May. Went back to the office starting June 1. Still a little bit wonky, you know, being my profession. I'm usually meeting people face-to-face. So mm. doing stuff over Zoom and phone is a little bit different. But you do what you do in 2020 to survive, right, folks? So I hope you all are doing well here this year. And I hope you all are ready to enjoy a fantasy year together like we've never experienced before. Now let's start that, Noel, with the preview, which actually let me take a step back before we get into that. I wanted to reiterate one thing we've done this year, which is we've changed the scoring system. So if you haven't seen already, go into the scoring system, however you do that. I don't know because I'm the commission. I only have my way of doing it. But try to find the scoring system and check it out. It's very, very basic, as I said in the email. It basically just follows the ESPN standard scoring with the beneficial change that we are not being as punitive in the defensive space. Because, you know, if your guy throws a pick, if your wide receiver fumbles the ball, you know you're going to lose points and you almost feel like you deserve it. But it is a shitty feeling when your defense loses you points. So the only way your defense is going to lose you points is if they the other team scores 46 or more points against them or they put up a total of 550 yards or more. So, Noel, my first question to you before we go to the preview is, which defense is most likely to have points lost this year? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. Right off the top of my head, I think the Raiders, because I don't think they did enough to shore up their secondary or linebackers for that matter. 
So it seems like that's a lot of big plays waiting to happen, but, you know, there's always the Jets, there's always uh, the Washington team, and, oh, of course, there's the Jags, who are saying they're not in a rebuild, but have, are starting, not starting, of their 53-man active roster, 16 of those are rookies, including a starter who is an undrafted rookie. So, um, uh. yeah, there's a lot of contenders to that, Mike, but... Uh, I think, uh, oh, and don't forget the Giants. Don't forget the Giants. They're pretty bare as far as defense goes. But um, I'm just going to go with my first pick because, you know, AFC West and say the Las Vegas Raiders. That's kind of weird to hear, and it's going to be <laughs> weird to say. Although I would like to at some point when we can travel again and, you know, get out and do adult things is actually go to a Raiders game. I'm no fan of the Raiders, but... As all of you have known who have been there, Vegas knows how to throw a party. And so I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch a football match there. I think that'd be awesome. Now, let's dive into the brass tacks. Let's talk football, uh, which just reminded me because I used that same saying in my recent email to you all. If you haven't paid your, your dues yet, please do. Kickoff is tomorrow evening. Uh, if you haven't paid by then, I'm going to pump out your names to the entire league and say, these folks owe us all a drink. How about, Noel, how about those people buy us drinks in Vegas if they don't pay? And there then when go. we all get together to watch a crappy Raiders game, we can all just get a little bit sloshed in a, oh, we should get a, we should get a, uh, let's go nuts. Let's get a box in Raiders Stadium. Let's all chip in like 20 grand a piece and we can get a box <laughs> and then it'll be a lot of fun. Ben's so, good for it. Anyways, uh, let's actually dive into a little bit of, Ben's good. Well, yeah, good point. You know what, Ben, you just cover the bill. Just, you know, float a hundred grand for the league and... Get us a box for a couple games. Anyways, uh, Noel, let's start off with my game because it's at the top of the list here on my screen. It's me versus Nick. Go nuts. All right. Well, uh, it's a battle of avatars, I guess, if you will. It's Mavericks with your uh, it's a F-14, correct, Mike? Or is it? The wings look a little bit different. It is a... Uh, so let me actually talk about that for a second. <laughs> the... Oh, a couple of years ago, they had like this reunion tour for like 80 stuffs, and they had Kenny Loggins playing Danger Zone. Nice. And in the background, they had like these computer-generated jets flying around, and it was kind of the, the music was great, but the, and the the visuals were cool but confusing because <laughs> the jet that they were using to MIG? celebrate Top Gun, an American fighter pilot show was a Russian MiG-29. <laughs> the logo for the Lincoln's Mavericks this year is the Russian MiG-29. It's the only fighter jet they have. It's so weird. It's like they're like, let's put a fighter jet in. They Googled fighter jet, and yep. for some reason, the MiG-29 is the first thing that popped up. They didn't go like any further, any one step further to be like, wait, why does it say MiG? Oh, wait a second, that's a Russian thing. I mean, there are so many American jets. I wish they had the F-14, because that's the coolest one out there. But nevertheless, my logo this year is the Russian MiG-29. Nice. I guess the red backgrounds are good. Uh theme then too versus space oh, force that's, that's very fitting that's very fitting Noel. good good observation <laughs> and right now um and who knows with how scores will look now that we're not uh having steroid induced scores uh this looks like what used to be a low scoring affair with space force projected to win 111 to 105 but digging into it uh, which i haven't done so i'll do that right now because we're winging it um, let's see here. Deshaun Watson against a surprisingly, I mean, if you think about it, how they started last year, a surprisingly good Kansas City Chiefs defense. I mean, 
They finished the year ranked number four, so that shows you something there. They basically brought everybody back. Um, and then Matthew Stafford, who I've referred to before as Garbage, garbage Time Jesus, is mm-hmm. back for Detroit, and he's got some weapons. The offensive line is better. But for whatever reason, he's struggled against Chicago in these past couple of years. It's, so it's the same basic personnel that Chicago's been playing with, so it could be kind of rough there. But, uh, Mike, if, say, somehow the Trubisky-led Bears get up by a fair amount, then uh, the old, this winging it for yardage, Stafford could show up. So that could be a wash Woo-hoo. because, uh, yeah, as I said, Kansas City's defense is pretty good. And for some reason... The Texans traded away DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, uh, that, that was fun. Uh, then Dalvin Cook playing against Green Bay, who they're very good against the uh, against passing teams who throw the ball a lot because they can sack the quarterback, but they've been struggling against teams that run the ball well. So you would imagine Dalvin Cook will have a good game, and in this case he, is, he does have the check mark against Mark Ingram, who was money for you last year, Mike, but there's now more mouths to feed in that backfield. So I think... The check mark is solid there. Then Keenan Allen for you up against Cincinnati Bengals defense, which who in the heck knows? Uh, and then DeAndre Hopkins, as we mentioned. So if he does well, oh, sorry, <laughs> can't believe he's doing well because he's on a different team now. Um, and San Francisco's defense was good last year, and he's going against uh, Richard Sherman. But uh, who knows? Because the that defense kind of didn't fall apart down the stretch last year, but there was definitely had, they had some issues. Um, and then Mike Austin Hooper, who, in reading the fantasy experts, they can't seem to agree whether or not he's a start or sit option. I've seen both. So you got that going for you against Mark Wait. Andrews, who was the star tight end from last year. So it's hard to deny the check mark there. Austin Eckler, who is the guy now that Melvin Gordon is gone. And Mike, as you know, he not only gets touches running the ball, but also catching passes. He's even good, like, almost playing out of the actual slot as a wide receiver. So I don't agree with the check mark there to Tyreek Hill, who can fill it up, but he's not going to get as many touches as Austin Eckler. Jarvis Landry, who is another one, Mike, I saw, who is a start and sit option, apparently, according to huh. the different websites. And they gave it a wash here versus Zach Ertz, um, who, you know... Solid, but I think uh, if Landry gets you 100 yards, it's more likely to happen than Zach Ertz getting two touchdowns. Uh, Saints defense against Tampa Bay. I think they're going to get a few sacks, and who knows if that Tampa Bay offense is going to get rolling right away with Brady. Mike Evans is likely not to play. Um, and their new running back, Leonard Fournette, as I said, is new, so that can be tough to get going. And then uh, the Steelers defense against the New York Giants, who... Should be improved, but uh, our old pal Jason Garrett's the offensive coordinator there under the new head coach, so I think that's a good check mark there. Ryan Suckup, the new kicker for the displaced Matt Gay in Tampa Bay. Um, so, Mike, that's an interesting thing you have there. I mean, you, you did say that uh, Tampa Bay's offense didn't have to do quite a lot to get you to lose too many points, but you know, if Ryan Suckup has a, a great game, that could mean bad things for your defense. Interesting there. Jake Elliott going up against the Washington football team. Um, not bad, but whatever. I think the wash there is probably correct. And then punters are punters. So there you have it. I think, Mike, this is probably your game to win. 
but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be close. Um, I like there's. I think Space Force has a lot of upside, but Week One's always so weird. So you never know. Some players just won't show up. Some players will have monster games you've never heard of before. And when you have guys like Tyler Kill and Mark Andrews, I think there's going to be a lot of teams that have game planned for them to start the year. So, um, Mike, I like your chances, but I think this one's next to lose. Yeah, <clears throat> I must agree with you there, sir. Well, thank you. Let's hop on to the next one, which is the Legend of Lincoln versus Benjamin John Griffiths and Into the Flame. Quarterback position, Courtney's got Tom Brady versus the new Tom Brady, Cam Newton on Ben's side of the equation. I just think Cam Newton's kind of fallen off a cliff the last couple of years. Noel, what do you think? Who knows? I mean, he played in a very unimaginative offense that also required him to do a lot. He is he has more rushing touchdowns than any quarterback in history. And last year when he fell out of the lineup, their goal line uh, scoring efficiency went way down because he is their goal line option. And so there's been a lot of hype in the uh, so-called media, if you will, that uh, Cam Newton's going to kind of rejuvenate that in New England and that apparently McDaniels has always wanted a mobile quarterback, but Brady, you know, was Brady, so you worked with what you had because it's Brady. Um, but that being said, who does he have to throw to? He's got two rookie tight ends, uh, Nikhil Harry, who never got out of Tom Brady's doghouse, and Julian Edelman. So whether or not he has anything left in the tank as far as his arm goes, who is he throwing to? I, I yes, think it's going to be rough. Better question. It's going to be very, as you will, Belichickian to start the year where it's just going to be about finding ways just to exploit the other team's weakness. There will be a lot of tosses to backs, just a lot of short stuff and efficiency and not so much a lot of stats. All right, I completely agree with you, actually. I, I wanted to get your professional opinion on the subject, and I'm <laughs> glad we concur. <clears throat> the next one, ESPN has the check mark going to Alvin Kamara on Ben's team. I'm going to go a little counter trend here and go with Nick Chubb here. I think Cleveland is going to be a little surprising out of the gate. They're going to probably fall back in their normal Clevelandian ways, but I think that Nick Chubb is a little bit underrated here. He was technically a better running back at the end of the day than Alvin Kamara points-wise was. So, point, what? Numbers? Words? You know what I'm trying to say here, folks. Statistically. That's right. Statistically. So I have to actually get I'm going to go a little against the grain here. It's probably not going to pan out, but I'm going to say Nick Chubb is going to do a little bit better. So I think that that goes to him. Devontae Adams recording against Odell Beckham Jr. I absolutely think that's going to Devontae Adams. I had Odell Beckham Jr. last year, and I think there's there's two things going against ODB, OBJ. There you go, OBJ this year. <laughs> and that is Baker Mayfield doesn't know he exists. So he kind of run around the field, runs around. Jeez, I need to stop drinking. Runs around <laughs> the field, and he just kind of, you know, if the ball flies towards him, it's because he was throwing at Jarvis Landry and he didn't see him there. The other thing is the other teams still think OBJ is phenomenal, which, frankly, from a talent base, he is. So they love to double-team him. So I don't think OBJ this year is going to be that great. I have to give it to Devontae Adams, who I think is going to be great. Now, in the tight end position, Courtney's starting Travis Kelsey, Ben's 
and Tyler Higby. I actually really like Tyler Higby. I think he's going to be a big sleeper this year, probably top five. But come on, it's Travis Kelsey. It's the Gronk of the new millennium. And by new millennium, I mean like the last three years or so. But, yeah, I have to say with Kelsey here, he's just a stud. A.J. Green versus Kenyon Drake for Courtney and Ben, respectively. Got to give it to Kenyon Drake here. A.J. Green is – you might as well just call him A.J. Glass because he is just not reliable. Such he is true. with a new team here. No, he's not. He's with Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was looking at who he's playing. New quarterback. He's still with Cincinnati. Yeah, different quarterback. So that might be interesting to see how that pans out. But A.J. Green has just not been himself for like the last four years or so. Yeah. He's still been able to put up decent numbers. But I just, I mean, he's so fragile. He is so fragile. You're almost guaranteed to miss four to six games for him this year. So got to give it to Kenyon Drake there. Cam Akers, who I've never heard of before, um, versus Todd Gurley the second. I think this is going to be interesting because Atlanta's offense, I think, has always been good. And now that they got Todd Gurley there, I think what they're going to struggle with is how do they use him in an already pretty stacked offense offense there especially with julio jones and his what 80th year still scoring like top five numbers every year he's been the league so as long they can as extend the field <laughs> i think he has seriously they same might have gone in the same draft yep. there you go so they've been playing together for a long well not together they've been playing in the same league for a long time but julio jones has just been mr consistent uh you know there is a great rapport between um what's the quarterback matty ice and uh Julio Jones there. Now, it's Todd Gurley. They've got a weapon going for short yardage. And with Julio Jones, they've got weapons to extend the uh, extend the defense a little bit there. So I, I have to go with Todd Gurley on this one, which is where ESPN has a check mark as well. Vikings D versus the Seahawks D. Funny enough, Ben's playing Todd Gurley, Atlanta, against his own defense, the Seahawks. So he's going to actually shoot himself possibly in the foot there. Now, the Vikings against Green Bay might be a little tough they were very good last year on defense and it's going to be interesting to see how old man aaron Rodgers comes out this year the check mark is going to neither of them they actually call it a push and i agree with that i think both teams are, are good now let me take that back i'm actually going to go for the vikings defense this week just because i think atlanta is just just a better team uh the kickers and punters are present and accounted for and ben is projected to win by a whopping two points so which, by the way, now that we're in the standard scoring system, games are going to be more and more determined by probably less than five points, uh, more often than not less than 10 points. So don't be surprised here if we get some you know, lower scoring games. That's kind of the whole point versus like, hey, it was 390 to 474. And so like your, your point spreads were just wacky different. So I think this is going to be an interesting game. I think this is going to be close. That's what ESPN is calling for. I am going to throw my hat in for Benjamin John Griffiths. I think this is his week. ESPN is projecting the win, and I think that's a fair assessment. Now, Noel, let's go on to the next game, which is the Aloha Doomgivers versus Gronk's Party Boat. Gronk's Party Boat, which is fitting, being that they're in Tampa now. Uh, give me a moment. Here, oh, I had the wrong game loaded. There we go. So this one is... Uh, According to the projection, Ken Fields to lose, 113 to 105 for Josh. Uh, and I can see why. Like, yeah, we with, you know we give crap to people who either are forced to or choose to auto-draft. But, I mean, the top of Ken Fields' team is just absolutely stacked. He, Lamar Jackson, who, I don't, Mike, you can look this up. I don't remember how much he paid for him. But there's a chance that he underpaid for him just because he puts up big numbers like in games where he doesn't have great 
aims on the ground, he picks it up through the air. Sometimes he does both at the same time. They go forward on fourth a fair amount. He's just so electric. He's got just a cannon for an arm, and they have more and more options for him, around him to throw to, and that just makes it really tough, really tough to defend, and their offense is completely built for what he does. They, you know, in a league where coaches say, my system works, and we're going to make, either you're going to fit in or you're going to go somewhere else, they said, let's make our system that works for this player. So he's just electric, and it's hard to really argue the checkpoint going for him when he's going up against Daniel Jones, who had a respectable rookie year, but turned the ball over a heck of a lot against Pittsburgh's defense, which really right number 23, uh, that's a good unit between the, they traded for a corner last or a safety last year who ended up leading the league in interceptions. They've got a lot of really good pass rushers up front. They just extended one of the best uh, defensive linemen they've had in recent history and that there's a lot of them. So it's, it's a tough week to go up against uh, a tough week for uh, Josh at the quarterback position. Then Saquon Barkley, you know, even last year, I think he kind of a down year, still ranked 10th, but is playing against that tough Pittsburgh defense. And it's a new offense, which there isn't as much stuff for him to do. The passing game is going to be a lot more just kind of straight ahead, not straight ahead runs, but a lot more in the running game. Think of what uh, Ezekiel Elliott did in his first year. And that was Great, but there was a lot less kind of moving parts that we see with a lot of, of the current NFL offenses. Jonathan Taylor, an absolute great snag, I think, by Josh to start the year. Rookie running back, lots of speed, really physical, playing it behind one of the best offensive lines in, in Indianapolis. Going against the Jacksonville defense, which I mentioned before, the team has kind of sold themselves off. Uh, so... I think, you know, Saquon Barkley, the check mark makes sense, but Jonathan Taylor, I think, will have a good game, too. DJ Moore, who, there's a, the whole Carolina team is just one gigantic question mark. They really drafted heavy on, off, on sorry, on defense, and then kind of on offense, they have a bunch of speed receivers, and they have Christian McCaffrey, the, perhaps the best back in the game, but, Mike, who's their quarterback? Jesus. I actually don't know. Teddy Bridgewater. They brought him in off out of free agency. Oh, I knew that. Courtney knew that too because of Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And Teddy is a – I hate to use this term, but at his best is a game manager. And that can be tough unless the offense is really – just has a ton of playmakers, which they're trying to do, but that line isn't very good. This is It's just a team in a full rebuild. And as I mentioned before, that Las Vegas secondary isn't very good, but they can rush the passer decently. So that could be tough, um, and it's going to be... I don't know how many touches DJ Moore is going to get because everything's going to run through Christian McCaffrey. So on the other side of the coin, there you have Julio Jones against Seattle's defense, which is better. They traded for perhaps the best safety in the NFL right now, but that's not really going to help them. Julio Jones, I mean, he can cover over the top, but they need a good corner on him. They don't have... The best ones from Seattle, so I think Julio Jones obviously gets checkmarked there. And this is the tight end position here is one where it's hard to really gauge because Hayden Hurst really is everything that Atlanta probably wants in a tight end. He catches passes well. He runs good routes. Part of the reason he did not play more in Baltimore is because he does not block as well as uh, whatever the other guy's name is we just talked about. 
Hooray. Um, and then against Gronkowski, who currently has a check mark, but Gronk is fresh out of retirement, and it can take a little bit of time, even though he knows Brady well, and it's a new offense-ish for that to gel. So that could be take a little bit of time to get going. Uh, so I actually like Hayden Hurst in this instance here because we know that Matt Ryan likes to check down to his uh, tight ends, especially when there's Julio Jones stretching the field for him. And then to Ken Fields, uh, he has Miles Sanders, who's questionable, going against the Washington football team. And right now it's a push to, as I said, Josh's Mike Evans, who is questionable to start. Um, just something to watch there. Uh, then Tyler Boyd, who quietly had an okay year last year for Ben, up against uh, James Conner, who is the back in Pittsburgh, and now with Roethlisberger back in the uh, rotation as well. I like James Conner there just because defenses can't just completely focus in on the run. Uh, Eagles defense going against the Washington offense versus New York Jets going against the Bills. Uh, oh, sorry, the Bills. All the way around. So, sorry, Josh. Bills defense against the Jets offense. Again, a push here. I think you actually have to like the Bills defense a little bit more. They have some better players up front as far as rushing the passer, and they've got some decent players in the back end, too, and I think they'll force some turnovers, which we saw last year with, uh, oh, Mike, we'll get into a, a rhythm more. I can't remember the players' names, but the guy who was seeing ghosts for the uh, Jets, whoever their quarterback is. Um, then there you have kickers and punters, which I don't think will really decide much here, but uh, he does have Will Lutz, the second-best kicker from last year. Uh, I do think, though, that Josh is going to have a hard time just with the amount of, as I said, top-level talent that Kenfield has on his team. So I like Kenfield in this matchup. Um, but we'll see what happens with those two injuries. Uh, Mike, on to the next game, as we say, or someone says it. I <clears throat> Yes, I have a question for you, Noel. You said somebody was seeing ghosts on the Jets? Yep. Uh, so Adam Gase, the head coach of the Jets, said that his quarterback, who is, who is the Jets starting quarterback? Uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. In a game, I believe. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't care who they were playing against, but he threw a lot of picks, and Gase said he was seeing ghosts out there, which meant that he was really trigger-happy and throwing the ball before he had to, and oftentimes throwing the ball to no one, and the defense would up getting it. And it was kind of funny uh -huh. because that's not a good thing you want to say in public about your quarterback because that's really not a way to instill confidence in them. Uh, no, no, that is not. And I have two pieces of fun trivia for our friends out there in New York. Just nobody. But anyways, uh, the New York Jets, their backup is Joe Flacco. So he's just kind of touring the country now. The other thing is, it was question. of course he is, he's Joe Flacco. Uh, if you Google Jets QB, you will get the New York Jets come up. They will have famous Jets players of all time, which I'm sure you've heard of Joe Namath, maybe Curtis Martin. Matt Snell. One of my favorites is Kevin Maway, who was <laughs> such an impactful player on the Jets. His picture of his is him in a Tennessee Titans uniform. So yep. there's that. Anyways, <laughs> let's move on to the galloping gonorrheas yeah, versus the Littleton Spartans. Now this is, I think, yeah, if, you, if anybody knows who that guy is, they're going to think of him as a Titans player, <laughs> not a Jets player. I think when you think of Jets, you really just kind of think of Joe Namath and um, mediocrity. 
maybe Geno Smith. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bad football. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> remember him? Yeah, he played football for a while. Um, so let's let's talk about it. We, uh, oh, that's right. Mark Sanchez played for the Jets in the famous butt fumble, which if you're not exactly familiar with that, just Google it. It's very entertaining. So we have the galloping gonorrheas who had a very, very rough year last year, and they're going up against one of the most winningest teams in the entire Mile High Champions League in Brandon. Now, what's interesting here is that the computer has... Grant winning. He, they have him as three-point favorites in this game, which in the new scoring system, that's nothing to shake a stick at. That's not that bad. So let's look at the lineup here and see why that may be. So in the quarterback position, which we'll talk about in a second, but I just want to say all of us must have been asleep at some point when Grant was picking his team because he has two players here who just might go off this year, but we'll get there. In the quarterback position, Grant is starting Carson Wentz. Brandon is starting Dak Prescott. Now, Dak Prescott could easily be, and this is my bold prediction for 2020, is I think Dak Prescott could be the regular season MVP. This guy was the number two quarterback last year and has just got a lot of explosive talent on his team, especially in Zeke, but he also is himself quite good passing and running. So Dak Prescott, I think, unless you go up against, I don't know, um, Mahomes, Mahomes and Jackson. Uh, maybe, who's the guy in Baltimore, Noel? Help me out. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Um, thank you. Uh, inle- unless you go for one of those guys, I-, I think Dak Prescott's easily top three, if not top two or number one. So I got to give it to Prescott there. But Carson Wentz is one of those guys that people often overlook. He was the number 10 quarterback last year, which makes him easily a starter. And he often gets uh, that kind of, well, he's Carson Wentz. He's a ginger. I don't know if I want him on my team. And then people say, well, wait a second. He's actually scoring a lot of points. So and he had, they're actually only projected to score one point different. Prescott's only got a one-point advantage. Also, he also had virtually no wide receivers to throw to last year. They, Everyone got hurt. He, it was him and Zach Hurts, and that was about it. And they were friends. And I agree. So now that he's got his weapons back, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a pretty good year. I'd say top ten again. Uh, now, go to funny thing is, uh, Grant has Zeke, and he's running up against Derrick Henry. Now, I had Henry last year, and he was great occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, he would do some really phenomenal games. Like, I remember in, there were some weeks he would score me, especially, so the way Derrick Henry works, let me just put it this way. The way Derrick Henry works is he blows for the first half of the year, and then he shines for the second half of the year. It's like he forgets what he did last year, he has to like reteach himself football, and then he just goes off. So in weeks two through six last year, he was scoring, now granted this is the old system, 17, 11, 11, 13, and three points. In the back half of the year, he was scoring 24, 32, 27, 22, 23. Those were weeks nine through 14 with a bye week thrown in there. So Derrick Henry has the potential to be another top 10 running back this year, but... It's the beginning of the season, so you got to give well, – and it's Zeke. I mean, come on. He could be the number one wide – or excuse me, uh, running back this year, so I think you got to give that one to Zeke. Michael Thomas, this is what I was kind of going for. How did we allow Grant to get both Zeke and Michael Thomas on the same team? I mean, come on. Those dudes are going to put up probably a third of his points every week, week in and out. Um, just I, I think Grant's going to do very well with that combination there, especially if Carson Wentz shows up and does well. I bet half of those points are going to come from those three players alone for his team. So just something to watch. 
Now he, Michael uh, Thomas, is going up against Juju Smith-Schuster, which is not a bad player, but he's getting older, as is his quarterback. So I think he's going to be fine. I think he had a real season last year just because he got hurt he's not uh, and missed old, most of the year, but he has the potential to do very well. He's still in his first contract, Mike. He's old in my book. <laughs> he's like 23. Yeah, but I don't know that. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I just hear his name, and I think a guy named Juju Smith-Schuster is old. Come on, if you, if you're hyphenating your name, you're from the 19th century, and I don't care how old you actually are. He's old to me. So, <laughs> facts, Knowles. Don't, don't bring facts into the conversation. This is 2020. Fine. Facts are they have no room in 2020. Fine. Thank you. Thank you for actually bringing that up. Um, I really meant to say he's just. Not old per se. He just he just looks tired to me. I didn't think he really had a great season last year. And I equate being tired with myself, and I equate <laughs> being tired with um, being old. So I think I think he'll do just fine. I think he'll probably be at least a top twenty wide receiver at the end of the year. But I, I mean, it's Michael Thomas. Come on, you got to give that one to Grant. Now in the uh, tight end category, you have Darren Waller, Las Vegas tight end, who did very very well this year. Or excuse me, last year he's the number two tight end. Really sleeper guy, number two tight end last year against Noah Fant. Now, I think Fant's going to do better this year. Um, he was borderline starter last year. He finished 16th overall. But with a new quarterback who's got a lot of swagger, who's got a lot of weapons on offense now, I think you're going to see Fant a little bit more used in the Denver offense this year. Flex one, you've got Calvin Ridley on Grant's team going against Kenny Galladay, who's questionable as of tonight, Wednesday night. For uh, Brandon here, I think it's kind of a toss-up, and ESPN didn't rank these guys. E either they didn't give an advantage either way, and I think that's fair because both these guys are kind of middle-of-the-pack wide receivers with the potential to do very well, but it's it's kind of eh, it's up in the air. So I'd give that one a wash as the computer did. Preston Williams, Miami wide receiver, who's questionable for Grant, going against Allen Robinson the second. i got to give that one to Robinson. That dude was just studly last year, and I think he'll do well again this year presuming that Senior Mitchell, was it Trubinsky or Trubisky? Uh, Chicago was confused, but it's Trubisky. <laughs> I know that. It, they are. I love that they're like, it's Trubinsky. He's our new guy. It's like, that's not his name. <laughs> anyway, so got to give it to Robinson. Robinson was just great last year. I think he's going to get a lot of looks from Trubisky this year as well. Now they got the Broncos D for Grant going against the Ravens D. Two very good defenses, though. It breaks my heart to say Without Von Miller, I don't mm -hmm. think the Broncos' D is going to be as potent as it was in previous years. What really breaks my heart about that, taking us down a little bit of a rabbit hole here, Noel, is that Von Miller doesn't have that many years left. Nope. Unlike the fake old man, <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster, Von Miller actually is fairly old is relative 32. to football players. So I'm, I'm, that's, that's sad because he's only got maybe three good years left. He could probably play into his late 30s, but... He's going to start to fade a little bit. Now, he could be like DeMarcus Ware, who just didn't, and he was phenomenal yeah. through the very last game that he played. Um, and that's, you know, Von Miller, I think, is first ballot Hall of Famer. He may be that way, but it, 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 it pains me as a Broncos fan and as a fan of Von Miller to see him out for the entire season, and I'm sure it breaks his heart as well. So, Von, I'm sure you're listening to this. <laughs> I hope you uh, recover well and quickly and can come back in a 2021 season better and stronger than you were before. They have kickers and punters on their teams, and I think this one is actually going to go to Grant. I think Grant's going to start mm -hmm. the season 1-0, and Brandon's going to be 0-1 behind the curve a little bit here. So 
Let's go on to the next game, Noel, which is a spinning loading wheel. And it's spinning. It's got a wheel, and it's spinning. It says wait and to it's update. Spin- Do you know what the next game is? Can you help me out I here? believe it's Decky Chark waiting. versus waiting. Parker Rams. Unless you want me to do my own game. If you don't mind, please do that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I want to do your game. Well, my computer, if it figures out how the internet works, um, then, yeah, go ahead and, if you don't mind, start that one. Right. And I will get to yours when I can get the internet working again. So this one is a matchup between Molly's uh, lovely named Decky Chark versus Matt Larson's Parker Rams, who uh, fresh off a championship victory, uh, much deserved, and as we talked about last year, was... A long time coming. Uh, right now, this one's tough to gauge because uh, Larson is projected to lose by five, but he's also not doesn't have a kicker in his lineup right now, and that could get him five points. So this is going to be a close, close game. It's uh, for Molly. She's got Patrick Mahomes against the Houston defense, who, believe it or not, is uh, surprisingly okay. They do have J.J. Watt back, but past that, there's they kind of overachieve every year with players that are decent and probably good just playing on this team and might not be so great on other teams, but it's Mahomes, so obviously he gets a check mark against Josh Allen, who is set, or at least he's committed himself to throwing a lot more this year and not throwing as poorly as he did last year, but he's still going to run the ball, but the problem is, say what you will about... Uh, Greg Williams, the uh, offense, or defense coordinator excuse me, for the Jets, but he brings a lot of pressure. His players play fired up, sometimes too fired up, if you know what I mean. So I think uh, that could be a tough matchup, even though that personnel-wise they're not that good. They're in New Jersey. Uh, but it's just going to be a lot to overcome with Patrick Mahomes, the reigning Super Bowl MVP. And then Molly is rolling with newly acquired Melvin Gordon of the Denver Broncos, who is questionable, which has kind of been the uh, unfortunate part of his career. Um, and but right now, he's not he's not in the check mark over rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I watched in the national title game, which was the first college football game I probably watched in two years, and I thought to myself, hmm, this guy looks like an Andy Reid kind of back. He's short, compact, but powerful legs catches the ball really well, and once he does, just fires upfield and just keeps his shoulder square. It's, so that could be a really good pickup, but it's going to be kind of rough in the very first game to kind of get something going. So if Melvin Gordon can play, even with that crowded backfield, I think that one's going to be a, a tight matchup. Amari Cooper going against the Rams defense, who just signed, uh, you'll like this, Mike, they signed perhaps the best corner in the league, to a record-breaking extension in order to get underneath the salary cap for this year. They had until this afternoon to get below it. I think they were like $40,000 over, maybe $400,000 over. But by signing this deal with a lot of new money, a lot of guaranteed money, to, uh, I can't remember his name, (laughs) uh, Jalen Ramsey, they actually got underneath it and made some more cap room for other players as well. Uh... So, you know, he'll be going against perhaps the best corner, but Samari Cooper, and he'll get his touches. And But they also have a watch because it's, oh, I always feel silly. Molly's going against DJ Chark, the player her team is sort of named for. Lame. Um, but Chark had a really good season last year for Molly. Uh, so push there, I don't know. I, I like to give 
Amari Cooper, the check mark. George Kittle, who, when he was playing last year, which is most of the year, beast up against Jared Cook, who quietly had a pretty good year, but obviously Kittle gets a check mark there. Cooper Cup, who, uh, great year last year, and really is the guy this year. Going against Josh Jacobs, who several of us wanted. He's receiving back out of uh, Las Vegas' backfield, who also runs the ball a fair amount. I think he's going to have a huge year, too. He got dinged up a little bit last year and kind of slowed him down. Check mark goes to him there. I think that's a good call. Philip Lindsay, this is a hmm, interesting strategy here by Molly to have both the players going. If one fills up, the other one doesn't. It doesn't necessarily hurt her too much. Um, and he's going to catch more passes than Melvin Gordon is. Uh, but Chris Godwin is going to be the player if if, uh, if Mike Evans can't go. So I think there you have to go with Chris Godwin, as ESPN does. Cowboys defense and special teams up against the Rams, who have a lot of question marks this year. They have a quarterback who had a couple not-so-good years for him, and he's still, but he's being paid like one of the top guys in the league. They're using all new running backs this year, and they have Cooper Cup and Tyler Higbee and Greg Everett, who's actually a pretty good tight end as well. But uh, Dallas's defense is, has a really good new defensive coordinator, but there's been some injuries already. Patriots defense, who go against Miami with old man Ryan Fitzpatrick, legit, not as old as the other old quarterbacks, but he's aged. Um, but it is Patriots, even with depleted linebackers, Belichick's going to do something, so I like it with a check mark there as well. And then Molly did it right. She got herself Harrison Butker, the best kicker in our league, and one of the best punters who is playing, even with a new quarterback, who knows how the Bengals are going to be. So right now she's projected to win, and I think she could keep winning, <laughs> keep that projection going, even if and when, because it's going to be a when, Larson settles on a kicker. Um Matt Larson, that is. So, yeah, I think this might be this be a close game, but this might be uh, Larson losing his first game defending his title, but could go either way. <laughs> Great analysis, right? <laughs> <laughs> you always have good analysis, Noel. I always, I always appreciate it. could go either way. That's how this stuff works. Oh, great. Yep. Hedge my bets. <laughs> uh, well, now let me uh, let me ruin your night, Noel. Let me talk about your game because uh, right now Vanessa's projected to win by 16 mm -hmm. points, which in this new scoring system, or really is kind of an old scoring system when you think about it, is um, that's a lot. That's a fairly wide margin here. So let's see why the computer think that's the case. So you have Kyler Murray quarterback versus Russell Wilson. Now I think the computer gives it the check mark there, and I. Russell yep. Wilson is a very good quarterback. Kyler Murray, though, is also very good. Often overlooked sleeper. He was the number eight quarterback last year. Very good. I think you just got to watch out for him, but I don't think he's going to outperform Russell Wilson. Joey Mixon, Cincinnati running back, going against Christian McCaffrey. I mean, come on. It's Christian McCaffrey. Game over. Cortland Sutton of Denver versus Adam Thielen in Minnesota. Now, this is an interesting one because I think now, the computer's giving it to Thielen here, and I could see why because he was a, just a studly beast last year. He's Minnesota's best target now, especially since Stefan Diggs has been gone. He's just he's just great. Every time he, he gets the ball, he just makes yards out of it, and he just does a very good job. However, with Von Miller gone, Cortland Sutton might get a little bit more attention because they're going to be on the, you could argue at least, that they're going to be on the field a little bit more offensively because they're not going to have the defense to kind of shut him down. And because of that, 
they may have more points that they need to score. Now, the kind of counterpoint to that is now they have Judy on the offense for Denver, too, which might still a little um, looks away from Sutton. However, the counter to that argument would be, well, that'll actually just pull defenders away from Sutton, which will free them up for a little bit more um, attention from Drew Locke. So I think you got to give this one to Cortland Sutton, actually, because I think the Broncos feel like they have something to prove after a kind of a spat of mediocre seasons. I'm thinking that they're wanting Jeff to Fisherism, kind of show up and prove themselves. Whereas, yes, th- th- right, exactly. Just like that. So I'm actually going to go against the computer here and go with Sutton. I know in the tight end position, you have Hunter Henry, Chargers tight end versus Evan Ingram, Giants tight end. Again, they're giving it to Ingram, and I can see why. However, I just don't think that the offense of the Giants is as gelled as the Chargers defense. Chargers? Yes, Chargers. Right? Yeah, Chargers <laughs> defense. Now, it's they do have a new quarterback, at. which they haven't had in, what, 16 seasons? Something <laughs> like that? Yeah. I mean, I mean how old is Phillip Rivers? Hold on. He's 39 or see here. So Philip Rivers, when you Google Philip Rivers, by the way, the kids. photo that comes up is classic. It's just with him with this <laughs> massive frown on his face. So he's, he's – that's fantastic. Way to go, Google. That's, you just nailed it. So uh, Philip Rivers was drafted in the 2004 draft. So he has been there for a very long time. With so the Chargers are going to have Mike? a little bit of rebuilding to do to some degree. Who is it? I'm sorry. I don't even know who their quarterback is. Who is oh, it? No. So, uh, which other quarterbacks were drafted in that first round in 2004? Let me see. So, in the 2004 NFL draft, well, sponsored I'm by No. Curious if you know. You have. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Well, I had to Google it because I don't. Um, one one. Eli Manning, first round. Now he did bring two Super Bowls to the the New York area. So you really. Is, He's not my favorite, that mouth-breathing dummy, but he's not that bad. Um, so, yes, Eli Manning was the first pick, first round. You also had <laughs> Doom to- no Ben Roethlisberger, yep. first round, 11th pick. And then you had, of course, J.P. Lossman. He had a <laughs> phenomenal career. Um, I'm pretty sure he helped us fill our Instacart last week and now who else do we got that's all the quarterbacks yep. in the first round <laughs> I mainly just but that's pretty good you've, you've got at least two hall of famers there yeah I've, i didn't, i forgot he was a one one like his brother but i don't know i just you know eli manning's not that bad of a quarterback but it's just kind of like has anybody ever really gotten excited about eli manning like when we were going for peyton manning especially from the 2012 to 2016 season it's like yeah, let's get Peyton Manning. He's going to do great. He's going to have 50 touchdowns. He's going to throw a ton of yards. Eli Manning's like, oh, shit, I forgot to draft a quarterback. I guess I'll just pick up Eli Manning. So, yeah. Anyways, that's I got way off topic here, but I think Hunter Henry's going to win. That's my whole point. Hunter Henry over Evan Ingram. Flex one, you have Aaron Jones versus Chris Carson. I mean, Aaron Jones. That's that's easy. Aaron Jones. Le'Veon Bell versus Tyler Lockett. Now, this is an interesting play here because I would – I disagree with the computer here. The computer's got Tyler Lockett for Vanessa. But I actually think that Le'Veon Bell is going to show up and, and outscore, not by a lot, but by a little, show up and outscore um, Tyler Lockett here because he kind of needs to. He really, since leaving the Steelers, hasn't – I mean, when he was on the Steelers, I mean, come on. He was like 
he is or was the way Zeke is now. Well, you just don't question how great he's going to be. You just kind of see how high he can fly. Now Le'Veon Bell has to prove himself again, and I think he's going to want to, especially if Sam Darnold's seeing ghosts. It's just <laughs> a lot easier to hand the ball off than to throw a Casper. So I think he's, he's going to want to want to do that and, and, and do well this year. So I actually am going to give this one as kind of a sleeper pick to Le'Veon Bell this week. Uh, defense, you have the Colts against the Jags, which is pretty much a good bet no matter what, play against the Jags. Uh, and then she's got the 49ers D against Arizona. Got to go with the 49ers there. They have Zach as a wash, and I'm not a huge fan of the Jacksonville offense, but the 49ers are stout at defense. Uh, and they are going against Arizona, which they're not bad. And then especially against you got Kyler Murray there, it's going to be interesting because you are literally playing against each other this week, and your quarterback's playing against your defense. But I think the 49ers are just going to, just be able to hold back the uh, Cardinals here on defense. So I think ESPN has it. I think ESPN's picking right here. I think Vanessa's going to win this week. Sorry to say, no, but um, I think I don't think it's going to be by 16 points. I think it's going to be by less than five, but I think she is going to walk away with a W this week. So we have gone through all of these uh, the picks for the week. So you can expect by this point next week that – all of the people we said are going to win are actually going to lose. That's just how fantasy works. You're and welcome. Since Noel and I are only pretending to be experts, Noel actually is an expert. I'm just kind of bullshit because I enjoy fantasy football. But So listen, to, what I'm trying to say is listen to Noel. I'm just drinking, watching the Nuggets, and talking fantasy football. So I really don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to this. I just kind of spit out my observations, and sometimes they're true. So take that for what you want to make of it. Anyways, Noel. We've talked about a lot tonight. We've bullshitted a lot. Is there anything else you want to bring up to the Mile High Champions League as we start our 2020 season here? Actually, a fun fact about uh, you mentioned that no one was really excited about Eli Manning. Well, there was one league executive that was. His name is Ernie Corsi. And for those of you who either remember or saw the ESPN documentary, he was the GM in Baltimore when the Colts were still there who was absolutely committed to drafting John Elway, number one, and Elway and his dad had repeatedly said, we are not going to play for you because your coach is a douchebag and you're, uh, you know, no offense to drunks, but your owner is a drunk who is threatening to move the team. We don't want to come here. And, of course, he said to himself, "Is the best prospect I've ever seen. I'm not going to miss out. And so even though he was told not to draft him by the Elways repeatedly that Elway would play baseball, he did. Well, fast forward to 2004, and Ernie Corsi is the GM of the New York Giants and decided that basically he was not going to go through this again, and Eli Manning did not want to play. Eli Manning and his dad, Archie, did not want him to play for the San Diego at the time Chargers, and so they forced their way out, and that's how Philip Rivers ended up a Charger, and Eli Manning ended up playing for the New York Giants because, of course, he just would not say, would not let this happen again, and he got his player this time. It's just a weird kind of weird confluence of historical events that involves Bronco fans in several different ways. And one weird GM who none of these players, well, none of, none of the Broncos players we think of played for. That's my fun fact. <laughs> that is isn't. I did not know that. I actually, I did not know that. That is a fun fact. I appreciate you. See, that's what I'm talking about, Noel. You have all these, like, you have a font of knowledge when it comes to all of these wonderful things football-wise. Not just, not just 
good insights for fantasy football and just football in general because you played it. You understand the game better than I think any of us. Uh, no disrespect to anybody else in the league, but that's just my opinion. Um, that's why I, you, with these historical things, too, I think that's why you bring so much to our weekly podcast. Otherwise, it'd just be me drinking by myself, spewing shit about fantasy football, which by our scheduling this year might happen, folks. So buckle the fuck up. Now, I wanted to, I, I went, so I went forward and I looked at other drafts. Um, I did not realize that, um, who's a quarterback? And Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was drafted in 2005. Mm-hmm. 2005. So he's going to be getting a little bit up there. So is, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if he's going to be too much. That's, I mean, that's by quarterback standards, that's old, but it's not. I mean, Tom Brady's going to apply for Social Security next year. So it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility to keep going. But nevertheless, you just got to got to kind of question that. Here's some other fun quarterbacks picked in 2006. Vince Young, Jay Cutler. And that's it in the first round. So good job, 2006. You blew it. Um, let's see who was picked in 2007, and then wait, we can go. Wait. Quarterback, Jamarcus. God. No, guess who the number one pick in 2007 was? One, well, one. Jamarcus Russell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you have Jamarcus uh, Russell. The next pick, I be- next quarterback picked was Brady Quinn. Uh, it was, where is the quarterback, 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 quarterback? It was Brady <laughs> Quinn by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, is there any other quarterback? There were no other quarterbacks in the first round. The next quarterback was pick was second draft. round. Philadelphia Eagles pick 36, Kevin Cole. It was, yeah. Uh, then John Beck. None of these people are in the NFL anymore. Uh, then that was basically it. Here's the funny thing is, you skip over Jamarcus Russell, and the next two guys, yeah. actually, you kind of skip further down this list. You have Hall of Famers galore. You have Calvin Johnson, number mm-hmm. two. Joe Thomas, not necessarily a household name, but one of the best offensive tackles. Famer, He's going to yeah. be a Hall of Famer. You had Adrian Peterson, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, you had some incredible – Dwayne Bowe, you had some incredible players. Greg Olson was picked in that draft. You're kind of showing <laughs> his age, too. So – Besides quarterbacks, the 2007 draft was pretty darn good. So, at any rate, I'm, I'm taking us down a rabbit hole that we don't need to go down. But, oh, it, by the way, for those of you out in fantasy land, if you Google Demarcus Russell and you pull up, and I don't know why he hasn't changed this or anybody who knows him has changed this, the picture on his Wikipedia page is him just looking forlorn at the ground and just kind of sums up his career yep. in the NFL in one shot. Just disappointed. Anyways, uh, that's, I think, our show. Noel, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up for our fans tonight? That's, I don't have anything else, no. That's touched on everything this week. Okay, great. Then let's wrap it up. Uh, Jamarcus, if you're listening, I wish you the best. And for the rest of you out in there in Fantasyland, have a good week in first week. Good luck this season. And Noel, send us out. Go Broncos! Go Broncos!